G'day everyone, this is Rita Join and welcome to the Unbox Your Give podcast, how to turn your passion into a profession. If you've ever wanted to find out how, how does someone get into the realms of those influencers, if you've ever wanted to be around an influencer, even not even just be around them, but to actually work with them. My guest today has had those experiences with some of the big names, including Gary Vaynerchuk. He, 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 when I'm talking about Hardest Reese, previously a co-founder of Changing Lanes International. He's helped authors, speakers, and coaches build brands online. He accelerated the company to six figures within 10 months. He's built SyncSumo, SaaS Solutions. He's running a social media company. He's also running a consultancy. He's a growth hacker for VaynerMedia, building Gary V's personal brand. He is a two-times national winning award-winning entrepreneur. He is a two-times national best-selling author. He's a speaker and a marketer. He is Jarez. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Man, that's a mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it? Well, that was what... Well, I wanted to get all that in because... You were just telling me before we started um, pressing record that you are running five companies. Yep, yep, five. Okay, so I want you to take me a step back because that's kind of overwhelming for someone who's like, oh, I just want to get something up and running, like we get five. <laughs> take me back, what were you doing before you became quote unquote an entrepreneur? Sure, uh, I've always kind of been one. I had my first job at 12. And then I noticed, well, I guess when I was younger, we came from Bosnia. My family did. My parents came from there. I wanted a better life for my, you know, my sister and myself. Uh, my sister's three years older than me. Uh, I'm 25 now. She's 27, about to turn 28. Uh, so I saw my parents always working and always struggling. Um, I've always gotten everything I've wanted, uh, but it was always, they, they had to trade time for money. And I said, well, I can help. And then I got a job at 12. I was a soccer official, just running around, <laughs> repping games, because I knew soccer very well. My dad played soccer at a very high level. Uh, so I got into that, and I realized, I'm just trading time for money, too. Why don't I just build a business? So I tried my first one at 14. Which was what? So that one was a – I noticed I can become an affiliate of a bunch of different things. So I built an affiliate store where you can get everything on one site. And then I didn't know how to run traffic, so it didn't do too good. But I did build it, which was a good learning experience. And then I had to learn how to get legally set up and all that fun stuff. How to, you know, once you have a store, getting people to it. Yes. <laughs> um, that's all a learning process. But at 14, that's what I had tried to do. It didn't go too well, but it was worth a shot. Mm, and so then what happened? So then I tried network marketing. That didn't you go too well. Network marketing. Yeah. Oh my goodness. What 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 um what product? Uh what was it? It was a coffee one. I think it was Organo Gold or something okay. like that. Okay. Okay. Oh. And how did that go? Also not good. Somebody <laughs> <I brought> in. <laughs> yeah, you have a lot of failures. Mm. It's, uh, it's a tough road, but it's okay because everything you, you just learn. You can mm. cumulatively learn knowledge, and it sets you up better for the next one. Mm. Um, I got in it to just learn because mm. I realized. The, the guy speaking made six figures and I was at that point 15 or 16. Mm. Yeah. I can do when I'm this young. Mm. I can do the same thing. By the time I'm your age, I could probably do a lot better too. Mm. Uh, but you just didn't give me the light of day. They just kind of gave you the products and said, go sell. And I just went door to door, store to store, and they didn't like that. I didn't know how to pitch. Um, mm. Learning how to pitch something is very important in the entrepreneur world. <laughs> mm. Slightly. <laughs> Slightly. <laughs> Being able to sell your product is huge. Uh, 
Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I tried to learn and it was just, you know, constantly going and going, but it took discipline because you just had to get out there. Mm. And I was also the whole going to school, high school thing, college. And- All that interference of school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, it was good, but there were, you know, I I probably launched 15, 16 different things before having like one success, uh, but it really? takes time. Yeah, it takes time and you learn. So when you started um, Changing Lanes International, which is the company, the co- your co-founder yep. of helping authors and speakers and coaches build brands, how did that happen? Yeah, good question. So when I had all these failures, I was like, man, I can't do it alone. I don't want to Google or YouTube. I just need to get around more people and find someone that will guide me. Uh, And then I went everywhere. I live in Omaha, Nebraska now. I went everywhere. Nobody here wanted to help. And then just me being, you know, a little rebel, I was like, if you guys want help, I'll go elsewhere. So I went to San Diego. Um, Yeah. How old were you? Uh, at that time, I was a little older. I think I was like 19 or 20. Oh, okay. So you're an adult. Okay. Yeah. More of an adult now. Yeah. I was in college. Okay. You know, I, went, I went on a little escape to Chicago uh, for this business school. Uh, and then I realized, okay, cool. I need to get around more of these people. And then in between classes, I saw, I was actually in class. I saw this thing going on in San Diego. I said, I just have enough. I barely have enough money just for the flight and the hotel. I found some really bad place for like 20 bucks a night. Mm. It was awful. I didn't even have a shower in it or anything. Oh. Like these weird little group showers. So I had to walk like a mile down the road just to shower and brush my teeth. They um, had group showers? Yeah. Oh. They were weird. Oh. It was disgusting. <laughs> they were like, no. I just kind of left my bags there. That's all it was. It was just keeping my bags safe. <laughs> it wasn't even to sleep. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, I flew out there. That's all I could afford, though. So I flew out there and got around the right people. And then this lady, you know, it was an event. This lady pitched me some $1,500 product. I could not afford it. I barely could afford to be there. I'm staying at mm. $20 night hotel. Mm. Uh, but I, I just told her, hey, I'll give, you, I'll give you 50 bucks. And then when I get back to Omaha, I, I got to switch some banks around and I'll get you the rest. She's like, okay, okay. And then I had no idea how I was going to do that. <laughs> what, what course, what, what program was that? It was uh, Laurel Langmire's uh, 30 day. It was, um, some, it was some program okay. where I could get around the people I wanted to be around and I invested and then I, you know, I was around their coaches and I was able to sell myself mm. and they're like, we just want you under our wing because we want a really good case study. So we'll just scholarship you the rest. Thanks for the 50 bucks. Oh, wow. Thanks. Cause I have no idea I was going to pay you anyways. <laughs> That's a godsend. Wow. Yeah. So that was fun. And then I flew back out there in two weeks. My mom and dad were going crazy. You know, cause like, Harris, just stay here, go to school, get a job, just do that whole thing. And I was like, no, like these are the people I want to be around. Money is not an issue. They're creating value for other people in the world through products mm. or services or their businesses. They're employing others. Like, this is what I want. This is what I meant to do. I've been doing it since I was 14, just not well. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I'm, I mean, it was about, I'm succeeded, but I'm doing it. I love it, love it, love it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so you're with your parents, your parents saying, come back. You're like, no, I'm doing this. And then what happens? Yeah. So I kept going out to San Diego every two, three weeks. I just kept finding ways to get there. Wow. Um, credit card debt, um, finding jobs. You know, I had three jobs here in school. Um, so I found a way to get money. 
just enough to be able to fly myself out there. And then I found uh, his name was Lane Etheridge. Uh, I found him out there and he's like, man, you're really good with this like digital marketing thing. At this time, I bought every course you could. I learned from everybody. I was just in this thing. And I was like, I just need someone to give me a shot. I know what I'm doing. Uh, I just need the right audience or the right product and I can sell this. Mm. I know how to do this automation thing uh, now really well. So he brought me on board. Essentially, it was just an idea he had that day. And he's like, hey, do you want to do this together? This your skills. I'm not this automation stuff. I just like talking to people. I was like, cool, let's do it. Um, and then within 10 months, I built dozens of products, sold a lot of people. We had high ticket offers, low ticket offers, and built it to six figures in 10 months. That's incredible. And then what happened after that? Did you sell it? Did you leave the company? Yeah. So here's the thing. Even when you make a lot of money, uh, partnerships can go bad. Mm. Uh, money doesn't solve everything. Mm. Uh, there was a lot of things that were just not going well for, you know, we didn't see eye to eye on certain things, how the company was going to go. We were going to bring on an investor. Um, the investor kind of favored my thoughts and he got a little um, annoyed with that. And I closed the investor. He didn't. So there was a little jealousy because he's older. I'm younger. I'm a young little kid. Um, he flew out to Detroit five or six times. Couldn't close him. I flew out there once. And from the airport ride to the investor's house, I closed him. Um, so there's a lot of jealousy in there. And okay. that was bad. Yeah. Okay. So that went sour. Very very fast. <laughs> okay. All right. But hey, you got a track record of building a company in 10 months to six figures. So can I ask you, that's really very insightful. The fact that you could close someone in one meeting, whereas your partner, your previous partner couldn't do that. What did you do for those who were listening? Yep. What did you do to be, to close or to pitch or to sell that yep. had you close the deal? Sure. So remember that story I told you when I was like 15 or 16 and when I didn't know how to do sales, mm, mm. So I learned sales and I learned every day I was pitching people all the time. I would listen to keynotes, uh, Grant Cardone and he's huge entrepreneur in like the sales space. I would listen to every keynote he would put on YouTube, every talk they would put on every free thing they would do, uh, every PDF on sales. I consumed every single thing I possibly could. I read every book about psychology, um, everything I possibly could do to learn. That's what I did. And it worked. Okay. So that's a lot of information to condense in one pitch, like in one selling. If you could just put nominate one thing or your top three well, things. Yeah. So especially when, you know, and I know your audience is more tailored towards, you know, either having a side hustle or wanting to find a job that they love more. Mm. Uh, so pitching a big investment, might seem like a huge deal, but it works just like a small investment. Uh, it really makes no difference if you're in the tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands or millions, it really makes no difference. Um, but it's just a number. Uh, the biggest thing you can do is learn how to relate with people and be, be real. Mm -hmm. Cause a lot of people, especially, you know, the dating, um, word has been flown around in business where, you know, on your first date, you don't want to be, you because you're nervous on what will happen mm, mm. and you're scared of how you will think uh, about me mm. versus i'm very transparent i'm very open i open myself a lot on the first date and the right people will listen and the right people will connect with me okay. so being very open and not necessarily vulnerable but being open and having a two-way conversation uh, that's one big thing people miss is they'll have a one-way conversation you know i'll say hey Rita. How's your day going? Oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, how's the business? Oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. 
um, you know, what are your plans for 2019? Oh, okay, cool. But you'll, you'll tell me everything, but you will never ask me once, how's my day? How's my day? It's a very one-sided conversation and that's very bad. Um, you don't want to be either. You want to make sure it's conversational. So making it conversational, um, being very truthful on the first date is how you close. Okay. All right. So you've had this huge success, but the partnership didn't do well. You can close, you know, you can close deals. Now that's just a boost of confidence for you now because you know, you can close big deals. So how does the Gary V thing come? Where, where, how did all that, how'd you meet Gary? You know, what was going on? Craziness. Um, So I went to San Diego. I was uh, in a hotel. There was an event called traffic and conversion. It's this big digital marketing. Oh, you're familiar. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. So they have this summit in San Diego. Um, I bought my ticket and it was like 500 bucks. And then they said, well, do you want a VIP ticket? And I was like, well, do I? And <laughs> you get a table for VIP. You get to sit in a special section. You don't really get anything else special, but you get a table to write notes. And I was like, well, I don't know. And then the next day I get an email saying Gary Vee's going to be there. I was like, okay, VIP. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> VIP. I closer. Yeah. I wanted to sit close. Hmm. I was like, okay, cool. So Gary's coming to keynote, this traffic conversion, you know, it's huge. There's mm. thousands of people there. I was like, how do I stick out? So first, the first way I learned to stick out is okay. Well, there's 6,000 people there. A thousand of them are VIP. So I'll become VIP. So now I'm one in a thousand, not one in six. Mm. I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to be VIP. Now how do I stick out? And I was like, well, what if I start messaging Gary? So I started emailing Gary every day at 6 a.m. his time in New York City, which is 4 a.m. Omaha time. And I said, uh, hey man, I'm gonna. I can't wait to see you at traffic and conversion. Uh, I'll be front and center. And I did it at 6 a.m. because I knew he worked out every day. And once the day starts going, he's busy with meetings. His inbox is full. The likelihood of him picking up his phone while he's working out or on the way to the gym or on the way back, I had a lot better chance. I love it. Uh, so I kind of timed it, but he never responded. Um, it kind of stunk. But. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but every day you're just saying, I'm going to meet you. I'm going to, like, you're sending the same message day in, day out. Exactly the same. But it was different because I didn't want him to think I was like copy and pasting. Okay. Yeah, because so you didn't like that. Yeah. So I did that and I was like, okay, cool. So now I'm messaging him. Now what? I was like, well, I need to stick out like with what I'm wearing because everyone's going to be in suits or a professional shirt or a good looking shirt. What do I do? And he mentioned, uh, it doesn't matter if you go to Harvard or Schmarvard Business is Business on his Ask Gary Vee show. Hmm. And then they put it on sale. And I was like, well, I'm going to buy that. And I've spoken on stages before, so I know what colors stick out. I was like, I'm going to do blue because that's going to be different. So I was like, okay, cool. So I bought one of those shirts and I started emailing. Hey, I just bought the blue Schwabert shirt. Watch for me front and center. And I kept doing that. And then all the way up until the night of the event, uh, the night before the event, I mean, I was sitting in, you know, walking around San Diego, sitting in my hotel. I was like, okay, I've been telling this guy I'm going to be front and center for weeks now. How do I actually become front and center? Because as soon as they open the doors, people are going to sprint in. I don't want it to be like elbows and push. <laughs> I'll be civil, but I also want to be where I said I was going to be. What do I do? Um, so I was like, okay. I couldn't sleep. It was like 3 a.m. I was like, what do I do? I was like, why don't I just go over there and just hang out? I'm first, maybe I get to know the people who work there. By the time they get there, I'm already there. So maybe, I don't know. Who knows? So I get there. The event doesn't start till 9, networking at 8 in the morning. And Gary doesn't speak till 9 p.m. So I was like, okay, what do I do? I was like, I'm just going to go. So I did. And I show up. And I just had my Schmarber shirt, jeans, and my backpack. 
It's like, okay, cool, I'm here. Uh, now what? And I'm walking upstairs, finding the event, and some guy says, hey man, like, the event's closed. It doesn't start till eight. And I was like, dude, it's 3 a.m. It's like, yeah, it is. I was like, yeah, why would I be here at 3 a.m. if I don't work here? What is wrong with you? Have you not seen me around? And he's Are like, you kidding me? No, dead serious. And he's like, well, that's a good point. It is 3 a.m. This guy's not crazy, which I am actually crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. I told him I'm the AV guy. So I started walking around, but I didn't want to mess up anything because it's such a big like, thing. So I just started, like, touching but not, like, doing anything to, like, the wires for hours. I didn't know what to do because I'm working. Yeah. So I- <laughs> At 3 a.m. working on sound. <laughs> right. Crazy. Um, so eventually 8 a.m. comes around. I was like, okay, maybe I should go network with people because I've touched every wire you could possibly touch in the whole building. Um, so I was like, okay, I'm going to leave my backpack. But if I just leave my backpack, someone can just pick up my backpack, put it down, sit in the chair. Mm-hmm. Like, how do I avoid that? I want to go talk to people. I want to go network. I love meeting people. Um, big key, by the way, if you want to transition from your job, you, you got to meet people, network with people and be mm-hmm. outgoing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm an introvert too. So it's hard for me, um, but it helps. So I was like, okay, cool. What do I do? I took my back, I took things out of my backpack and placed it on the desk because I had one because I paid for VIP. Um, so I put all my stuff there because someone's not going to move all my stuff. They're just going to sit to the chair next to it. So I put all my stuff out there, went and networked with people. 9 a.m. They open the door. People are sprinting in. I'm just casually walking in there with coffee, just sipping because <laughs> So yeah. Basically, the whole event happens. Uh, Gary's getting on. The, they announce Gary, and Gary walks on stage. He goes, Schmarbert, I see you. <gasps> I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. But now what? And he mentioned me from stage once. Um, not like the emails or anything like that. He just said, you know, this guy's wearing a Schmarbert shirt. You know, he kind of went into his, like, rant. And I was like, okay, cool. So I have his attention. He knows who I am. Mm. Now what? Mm. And the traffic version, once the speakers are done talking, they go to the green room and you don't talk to them. So I was like, mm. okay, I have a split second once he's done talking to get up there, to take a photo or whatever, talk to him, position myself, and him like leaving and all that work for nothing. So I was like, okay, cool. How do I do that? Because there's security there and everything. I was like, okay. I'm going to act like I'm taking a picture, but I'm actually just going to go talk to him. So I actually did take a picture with him because it was cool. Um, so I took a picture with him. And I was like, hey, man, I'd love to work in New York City. Uh, you know, I've built businesses. I know digital marketing very well. I want to learn more. Um, I'll work for free. How, do, how can I work with you or for you? Uh, he's like, well, I'm actually in the car for like the next three hours up to L.A. Why don't you just email me and I'll have my guy interview you? I was like, yes. Wow. So that the next day, the guy calls me, interviews me. The whole interview lasts maybe two minutes. He, oh. he kept interrupting me. He's like, uh, are you going to school right now? I was like, yeah, the university. Of, oh, okay, cool. Um, what do you do? <laughs> well, digital. Oh, okay, cool. Um, <laughs> is there a place to stay? He's like, I don't know. Can I finish a sentence? <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, he says, yeah. Um, I was like, I can figure it out. Like, the place to stay is the least of my worries. He's like, okay, cool. You're hired. HR will call you. I was like, cool. I had no idea if I was going to get paid or anything. I was just like, cool, let's do it. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's the story. Did you get paid or was it an unpaid role? Yeah. No, no, no. It was paid. Uh, it, was, it barely paid, like, it paid 
65% of my rent. Okay. Just so it wasn't like, and New York City is very expensive, yes. but it was something. Mm. Uh, I just got a couple more sales before I went out there so I could like afford to live there normally. And so what, were you, what were you doing on his team? Oh gosh. Uh, YouTube ads, Facebook ads, digital marketing, um, definitely a lot of YouTube organic stuff. I've learned everything there is on YouTube, SEO. Oh my goodness. Okay. Did they give you training when you went in there? Yeah. They, they, so the whole team, well, now the team has 30 or 40 people. It's huge. Mm. Back in mm. So when I would do YouTube work, her name was Brittany Crystal. Brittany would sit with me and teach me YouTube. Then I would do a couple. She would look, look over it, excuse me, look over it. And she would tell me, this is great. This is bad. Tweak this, do that. And each team member spent a lot of time with you. And I was obsessed with learning from the team. Obsessed. Okay. Because I wanted, Gary's great, but Gary's not the one doing, you know, he, he's yeah. the bigger picture. Yeah. And Brittany and Andy and D-Rock, they're, they're all the people that are actually doing it. So I wanted to learn from them as much as possible. I haven't gotten in trouble for that a lot. <laughs> uh, okay. HR. Uh, so I worked from 8 a.m. till midnight every day for two and a half months. Because wow. uh, I wanted to be around them nonstop. And uh, HR says, Horace you know, this is great. We love you. We love what you're doing, but uh, legally you have to get out of the office. <laughs> we don't want to be like having a lawsuit because <laughs> you're working, you're, you're willingly working overtime. And I was like, well, that's cool. Just don't pay me. Just pay me from eight or 9 a.m. So whatever, and just with lunch and just we're good. Mm. Like, no, 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 like legally we can't. So then as any entrepreneur would do, I didn't listen. Uh, I went to happy hour with the other interns because I was an intern there. Uh, I'll go to the happy hour with other interns and come back once HR is gone and you know, I would keep working. You're kidding me. So, wow, that's, so how long were you working there for? Two and a half months? Uh, about three months. Yeah. Three months. So did you, did you want to stay longer or was there no positions available? Or you wanted to go uh, do your own thing? I wanted to do my own thing. So I came back, dropped out of school and started a business. Uh, and this is all after changing lanes, right? Changing lanes it's international. The day after changing lanes didn't happen, Gary happened. Wow. Now that's the definition of when one door closes, another one opens. That's the right. definition. Exactly. So, and, and did you get to spend much time with Gary? or Because he's like on uh, the no, run. No, no, no. I had a ton of time with Gary. Um, we had a couple of videos that went super viral. Uh, one of them, because I had a lot of time with him, so I could ask him any question I wanted to, whenever I wanted to. Mm. Um, but other interns didn't have that opportunity because they were in VaynerMedia working on certain projects and brands. Uh, so they had an intern Q and A and by the time it came to me, I was like, what the heck do I ask this guy? Cause I've already, like, I have all my answers questions. You know, I have all, I, I have it all. That's like, what do I ask this guy? Yeah. And then I made up something on top of my head. I was just like, I don't know what to say. So I said something and then the team like made that little clip, an actual segment and it has like four and a half million views now. And I was like, what did you I ask him? Uh, what did I ask him? <laughs> yeah. Okay. You don't remember. Um, yeah, it was like, it was something like, how important are the people around you? Because I was in college, you know, I, I had a certain friend group that um, just wanted to drink and party and that's all they wanted. And I was like, okay, cool. That's fun for a while, but then that's not sustainable. Once I'm 30, I'm going to look back and say, well, what the heck did I just do? Mm. Uh, you can't reverse time, sadly. Mm. So I was like, okay, I need to get around a better friend group. So that's what I asked. I was like, how do you do that? Or how important is it? And he just okay. kind of went off. 
that went super viral. Yeah, yeah, great question. So, okay, so you're with now having worked because I know this is all about your passion turning into profession. And from there, I know you've created SaaS software, a social yeah. media um, agency. So you've you said five companies. How are you managing five companies? Like, how what's going down? Yeah, sleep isn't a thing. Yeah, <laughs> like oh my goodness. Um, it's just fun. So when you when you find something, especially so I've had the jobs as I'm sure a lot of your listeners listeners do, where you just don't enjoy it. Hmm. Um, for example, if you've always been an entrepreneur, you just love what you're doing, you're just making money. The first time you wake up one day and you're like, you know what, I'm gonna have a business, and then I don't know where you're making millions, you probably wouldn't appreciate it. It's those struggles. It's sleeping in the really bad hotels. It's it's failing at a lot of businesses. It's losing a lot of money. It's taking chances that's what makes it that's what makes you more grateful as a person uh so back to your question it was it was more you know i manage it because i'm so grateful that i have it and i see opportunity in the marketplace so i take advantage of it um a lot of your viewers probably just don't like where they are they shouldn't look at that as a bad thing they should look at that as a great thing because you won't be there forever you'll be there for a little bit of time and use it as motivation. I used to have a boss, I used to work for Lexus, the car company, mm-hmm. um, and I was their delivery specialist. So when someone buys a car, I would tell them what buttons do what. Um, and then if they buy it out of state, I would drive the car to them and then take their old car back. It was wow. so fun. Cause I would drive and I do MMA, so I would stop at MMA gyms, I would listen to podcasts, mm-hmm. I would listen to business interviews. So it was like working, but not working cause I was working mm-hmm. on myself. Uh, so, you know, use whatever you can, be very creative in your job, but it'll make you more grateful for when you have it. So I have five companies now, um, no time, but I love everyone I work with. I love what I do. I love the clients. It's just such a fulfilling thing. So take me easy. through your five companies. Yeah. So I have one consultancy. Uh, it's called Blue Sky. We help high net worth individuals solve very complex big problems. Um, sometimes the solutions we've created for these clients, we've actually siphoned off into other companies. Um, and sometimes we've done joint ventures on certain things. So one project leads into bigger projects. So um, give me an example of a problem that you solve in that camp blue sky. Sure. So one problem that's probably our biggest case study uh, that I can talk about is a trucking company here in Omaha. Trucking is very big. A lot of them are headquartered out of here. Uh, and it's a very big thing where trucks are empty. So companies lose money and they can't find truckers. Uh, so I came in and filled 100% of their trucks in 30 days, and that equals about $5 million in additional revenue for the company. So that was a big one. So, so their problem was they couldn't fill, like they couldn't get truck drivers to f- drive the trucks? So that was the problem? Yep. They couldn't get enough leads because uh, if you apply for it, because you're a trucker, you know, every company is short. I can go work for your company, then go work for, you know, Harris's company, then go work for some guy named Bill's company. I know I'm going to be wanted because everyone has empty trucks. I can go work whenever I want for whoever I want. Mm. So it's very difficult industry, but I, I think I found a solution, um, which works. So yeah. And then they bought 20 more trucks and they're about to be full next week. So there's another 5 million. So, so it's, it's just a, the marketing aspect of it that you're creating a solution for. Beautiful. Right. Okay. That's first company, company number two. Yeah, it's a social media agency. So we focus on LinkedIn and Facebook advertising. Obviously, Facebook, I'm super, you know, good at. Uh, my partner is super good at uh, LinkedIn. He, he's just a master craft at it. Uh, so we partnered up on that because we have a client. We, we wanted to do kind of a joint venture together. Uh, we did a nonprofit thing 
because uh, both of us have a lot of time on our hands. Uh, so we did a nonprofit together because Omaha flooded, uh, or Nebraska uh, actually flooded. Was, and people lost their homes and had to leave and evacuate. It was terrible. So we did this thing together for no profit. We just wanted to see if me and him together can come up with some solution to raise money for people and then give that money to people and let others who donated know where their money is going, who it helped. Uh, so we're in the process of doing that. But that went so well. Uh, we're actually getting offers to get on TV and the, the video we made is getting offers to be in a lot of places. So that was great. So he said, why don't we just start an agency together? Okay. Uh, and we already had a client who needed both of our services. So that's where the opportunity comes in and seizing it. Uh, a client said, I want you and a Facebook guy. And my LinkedIn friend said, okay, cool. I have Horace. We're just going to start an agency anyways. Uh, you'll just be the first client. So that's what we did. Uh, so that's company number two. Mm-hmm. Uh, three is a social media app. Um, I was actually, I used to listen to this guy named Jared Grossman when I was super young. So I used to be really overweight. I used to be close to 300 pounds. I broke my foot and cracked my rib. My girlfriend left me. Business didn't go the way I wanted to. And I was like, oh. ah, that sucks. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So then I kind of got myself together. Um, and I listened, I used to listen to this guy all the time. Uh, his videos, when I listened to it, had a couple hundred views. Now they have a couple million. I think he's at like 13 million. So that was cool. So I was like, hey, man, you, you've inspired me to do good things. Uh, I lost 70 pounds in 12 weeks because of, well, you were a part of it. Uh, can, I, can I bring you on my podcast show? And he's like, yeah, I'd love to. And then from there, he talked about the app a little. It's called Scroll. And then um, we started emailing after the show back and forth. And he's like, hey, man, I'd like you to become a part owner. I was like, cool. So now we're in just the, the phase where we're raising money for it. So I can't talk too much about it, unfortunately, sure. but uh, we are doing that and raising money for it and getting graphics and working with development and how it should look and how it should And run. that's the app. Yeah. The app. Right. Wonderful. And then number four? Number four. So I have my own agency, just personal clients uh, that I take on. And that's just personal cons- consultations? Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Fantastic. And then Big Media. Big uh, is Bosnia i Herzegovina, which is where I'm from. Bosnia for short. Uh, so I name my company BIH Media Inc. And I'm gonna. My big goal is I'm gonna put an entrepreneurship center back home and give the kids, uh, not the kids, just anyone there, resources, uh, laptops, books, whatever they need uh, to be able to start a business back home, not here, back home. Mm-hmm. Uh, and hopefully start businesses and with the right guidance and knowledge and equipment, they can actually do that. And then they can create jobs back home and, you know, big pictures, they can just raise the economy. Great. And so, so you're providing the resources like the computers, like, yeah, is that what you're doing? Providing just resources? Yep. I'm going to provide everything. So the house I used to live in, I'm like, I got, um, the foundation's still there, but there's a lot of, you know, issues mm-hmm. with it because of the war. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to build that. Um, but it, I have the location, I have the house. Uh, so it's a, it's a working project. It's not an easy one. It's going to take years. Um, I need to be there financially to be able to pro- give it the resources it needs to to make sure it succeeds. Uh, but that's another project I'm working on. Sure. So, you know, it's, it sounds like you are obviously um, on the cusp of, or, or you are a serial entrepreneur, but yeah. because you've, you've failed so, so many times and now you're reaping successes because of the failures. Um, right. But can I, let me ask you for my listeners who are listening right now, who are probably 
predominantly in full-time work or those who are in businesses that's just not doing too well or the businesses that could be doing better what right. do you what would you say in your experience of working with Gary V and working on those things having the five businesses and then the previous one changing lanes international yeah. what like how do you keep on track how do you know when an idea is like a, a dud and how do you know where you just have to push through because this is just a hard moment right uh, so right now, the discovery process, you have to understand kind of the market and how it works and to see if there's a market need for it. The social media app, uh, every six or seven years, a social media, a new social media comes up, you know, social media app comes up in the marketplace. There's nothing out there right now. WhatsApp, Facebook, Snapchat kind of is dying. Instagram, uh, they're all, they've all been around. There needs to be something new with some unique angle. Um, it doesn't, it can't be another Facebook or Instagram. It has to be something different. So we're creating that something different, but having to know what that is, uh, knowing how to do research, understanding the marketplace, uh, having a network is really good because I can just go to people who have done this before and just say, Hey, what do you think about this? Is there a market need? Uh, how do you think I should go about it? Do you think it's worth time? And then people will tell you people, if you ask someone who's more successful than you, I'm not even more successful. If you just ask people for help and advice and guidance, I believe you can learn something from anyone. Uh, they will help you. They'll give you guidance. So. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. And if you were to ask, well, give advice in terms of what has been the main thing that's helped you throughout all of this to the, and the successes that you've had, would you yeah. say it's your networks? Would you say it's the fact that you've known how to market? Would you say it's the fact that you were able to think outside the box and contact someone like a Gary V? Like what has been one of the things that's allowed the momentum to build? Absolutely. So I'm a little bit obsessed with this world. I love what I do. Um, so I'm just genuinely loving it is huge um, but to know it you have to be very uh, the word is slipping but you have to be very self-aware uh, Gary Vee talks about it a lot mm. knowing what you want what makes you happy uh, you know if I can tell you you know hey I'm, you're gonna make a hundred million dollars this year but you'll never get to see your family friends I'm gonna put you in like an office cubicle and you're just gonna sit there and work it might be work you love but will you be happy mm. probably not so being aware of what you want, um, knowing how much money you actually need, knowing what product you want to market, why do you want to market that? Um, being super self-aware is key number one because the ultimate uh, failure is success without fulfillment. When you're super successful, everyone views you as successful, but you don't feel like it inside. Um, I thought I was successful when I was failing. <laughs> Because I knew I'm on the right track. I'll get there. I got to keep pushing through. I'm self-aware. This is what I want. And it's very hard as an entrepreneur. 65% of businesses fail. Mm. And I think 85% of them fail if you're a one-person owner. So now I don't start any venture unless I have a partner with me to bounce ideas off of. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You're not scared of going back into a partnership because the previous one kind of soured? Never. I mean, you don't stop dating because you had one bad date. Okay. okay okay never no i mean it was one bad deal i learned a lot from it he learned from it um you just move on it's part of life okay all right fair enough fair enough so when in terms of um your monetization if someone's listening to you right now and is looking to look at how you've monetized all of this what are the best avenues for someone to to turn a passion into a profession and start monetizing? Like what's the quickest way or not the quickest way because there's no quick way, 
but the most effective way of monetization that you feel exists? Sure. So in today's world, we are inundated with influencers. People love influencers. People love the Gary V's, the Grant Cardone's, the big names. People love that. Mm. Uh, Finding an influencer, it's crazy. If you actually message them, they'll respond sometimes. So you have to be willing to do things, you know, get out there. Um, be in their presence. One guy, I don't necessarily need to work with him for any reason, but I want him to know who I am. Uh, his name is Billy Jean. He does a lot of video stuff in San Diego. He's an influencer, has a couple hundred thousand followers, but everywhere he goes, I keep popping up. He's like, man, you are everywhere. I'm like, thanks. I don't need anything. Um, even if you have a job, you can pop up. I mean, get around people you want to be around or who have what you want. Make sure that's a priority to be around them. Go to events. Um, purchase their courses, their masterminds. Don't be so focused on you. Just focus on getting you around the right people because someone has the life you want. The world has 7 billion people, right? There has to be one out of 7 billion that has exactly what you want. The likelihood of it not happening is unheard of. Mm-hmm. Find, this is what I call a dream, dream list, dream 100. Put 100 people down that you want to do business with. Uh, you can narrow down to 25. You don't have to do 100. Uh, but a lot of them will say no, a lot of them won't work out. It might be hard to get to some. If I wanted to get to Dwayne Johnson or Kevin Hart, it's going to be a completely different process. Um, so I make a big list of people I want to work with and then I get around them. And then when the opportunity comes, you have to actually be ready to take it, uh, but you'll be there. And you have, should have those skills to back it up. So while you're getting around those people, make sure you're learning and implementing. If you're a graphic designer, make sure you're drawing things every day whenever you can. Um, because if you're doing things for free, eventually you get paid to do that uh, because your skill set will be so good. But if you just wait to be a graphic designer because I want to work with um, some big firm out in New York City and I just sit on my butt and get, go to networking events and meet them, by the time I get that call to actually do work, I'm not going to be very good. So I actually have to keep practicing and getting good at my craft. In my story, I told you at 15, I didn't know how to sell. At 20, I closed a $100,000 sale in 15 minutes. Mm. <laughs> day 365 days in a year so 365 times five Mm. how do I sell how do people think what motivates people what colors motivate people I wore the colors that I know attract sales on that on that uh, on that thing or when you went to Gary Vee on that thing okay yeah there's so many little things you have to learn and you have to be obsessed with it so get around the right people make sure you're very good at what you love to do and practice it every day. If you want to start a podcast and you're getting zero listeners or zero downloads, um, I've actually, I do podcasts, but I never do the technical stuff. So I don't know how, how it works with like the listeners. I just bring people on and do the show. Um, it's not my strength. I focus on, focus on what you're good at, you know, hmm. uh, you know, doing that and bringing on people, getting value, getting really, really good at what you're wanting to do. So if I want to start a podcast and I'm getting zero listeners, would you stop or do you keep going? Right. I mean, give me one big influencer that you follow besides Gary Vaynerchuk that has a podcast or a show of any um, kind. Mel Robbins. Mel Robbins. She's fantastic. Mm. Uh, I guarantee Mel Robbins five, 10 years ago was not the Mel Robbins we have today. Mm, mm. I guarantee you she has shows that people never listen to. Mm. Uh, you have to get out there. I mean, there's one show, this one guy is on an event in Dallas, meeting people, getting around people. Um, last week, 
and I was in Denver two weeks ago, same things were happening where people said, you know, I have this massive success today. I have all the cars, the houses, the family, blah, blah, blah. You know, whatever is every success is different for everyone. But he had what was success to him. Mm. And he said, okay, cool. You guys all listen to my show, right? Everyone raised their hand. And he's like, okay, cool. Thanks for listening. Uh, how many of you have heard episode two? No one raises their hand. And he's like, yeah, because it has zero downloads. Oh. Okay. <laughs> so people stop when they don't see the money or you, you got to do it just to do it because it's yeah. fun. It's what mm. you love. Mm. Would you ever do something that because there wasn't a, like, say, say for example, there was no, like very little money in entrepreneurship. Let's just say like in a different world, because that's the thing that our, Gary Vaynerchuk talked about the ROI is happiness. If there was no money or very minimum money in entrepreneurship, you would still continue with it. Yeah. I mean, I've gone broke a couple times in this world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have to. You have to. That's the part of the failing journey is that you're right. Yeah, for, oh, God, seven, eight years. And I didn't make, like, good money for, like, ten. Yeah. It's hard. Like, mm. really hard. Mm-hmm. And, you know, break even isn't really fun because if I told you you have to break even, you'll break even on your business in 10 years. If you work really hard and you break even in 10 years, would you be happy? Some people go, well, I mean, it's break even. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So let's go back the 10 years. You're going to miss holidays. You're going to miss family time. You're going to have to travel. You're going to have to spend a lot of money. You're not going to have a whole lot of time to go out to, you know, clubs with friends or wines. You're not going to get to do all that, all the concerts for 10 years. People are like, Ugh, that kind of stinks. Why are you an entrepreneur again? <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. Totally. It's- Absolutely, totally. So let me, let me just bring it back to um, the passion to profession. If someone's listening to this right now and is thinking, because I know you worked on Gary Vaynerchuk's personal brand. Yeah. Number one, how, and someone's listening to this going, well, I, let me, whether I'm working for corporate or whether I'm working for myself as an entrepreneur or as a side hustle, your personal brand does need to take some kind of form of shape to get known for progress in any aspect of career. How would you suggest to best, you know, work on one's branding or one's personal branding in the marketplace, whether it's for corporate or otherwise? Sure. So is this for someone who's looking to build it and doesn't have a following at all? I, for my, my listeners have a phone, they have a presence on social, okay. but it's not building momentum. So like many people are on okay. social but they just don't have that momentum being built and why people should follow them. Sure. So here's the coolest thing uh, in today's world. Podcasting is huge. Shows mm-hmm. are huge. Um, podcasting, I think, is going to go up 110% in the next year. Mm. People are like, podcasting is done. I'm like, no, 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 no. It's just getting started. Mm. Uh, when you tell people, you know, you can name associate with people. So I'm Horace. I don't have a big name. But I don't know if Gary Vee does or uh, Barbara Corcoran or who, whatever influencer. You know, you have your Dream 100 list. Uh, you're going to networking events. You're going to whatever you can go to. Uh, get people, start a show, podcast. Get it on YouTube as well. Don't just do podcast alone. Uh, get get a nice little intro video made if you're not a video person. Uh, I pay a guy $5 on Upwork, and he makes my intro video crazy good and crazy professional. Uh, so when I send people links to other previous shows, they're like, this is like professional work. I'm like, thanks, it's five bucks. <laughs> um, start a show, 
get it on YouTube, get it on iTunes, do your show notes on Medium. Uh, we have to be salespeople here. So when you invite someone on your show that you have, as we a good name, it can't be the entrepreneur show. That's not going to work. You have to kind of get more niche down. Yours is very niche. Great job on that. Uh, you, you have you built an audience, a very specific audience. It's also a very specific issue. That's what people have to do. You did it to a T perfectly. People have to do that. It can't be the entrepreneur show. That's mm. hard. Pitching mm. uh, it down a show and bringing on guests, even if they're not perfect for that niche. Most of your audience are women. I'm not a woman. But <laughs> I can and I can confirm people I'm seeing. <laughs> he is not a female. <laughs> Thank you. So getting people, inviting them on your show and saying, hey, when you're not as big and you don't have a lot of downloads, be a salesman. Hey, I'm going to syndicate the show on Apple, iTunes, uh, which is one of the biggest platforms out there, Medium. Uh, we're also going to syndicate it on there. We're going to do a show notes on one of the biggest blogging platforms in the world. Uh, we're also going to get it on YouTube to get a lot of viewers. Uh, the only one problem people have with doing shows is they talk about me, me, me. Mm. So if I have a show and I'm inviting you on it, come on, my show, bring value to my guests, give me, 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 mm. let me use your name. That won't work. Mm. You have to go like that. Hey, Rhea, I want to, can you come on my show, Rhea? You know, I loved your message. I, I listened to this one episode. I love what you did. Uh, will you please come on my show? I'd love for you to share your message to more people. My audience is very different. Uh, it, it brings awareness to a whole new crowd. Uh, so you get a whole new audience. They might have not had before. Uh, by the way, I'm also going to syndicate it on like the biggest blogging platforms and YouTube. It's going to go everywhere. iTunes is huge. So I'm going to get your show. I'm going to get the show out there to a lot of people. And your message will really resonate with this audience. Uh, would you please come on my show? Mm. I'm last. I'm not me, me, me. Mm. It's you. Mm. Right? Yeah. Or if they're doing a product launch, uh, one of the influencers that I'm working with, she's doing a cookbook. And I built a relationship with her because I was like, hey, you know, you're doing cookbook. Great, great, great. I love the cookbook. The design just looks great. It does look great. It's professionally done. Like she, she does a good job. And I was like, hey, you know, great cookbook. Do you want to come on my show? Because, you know, I know you're launching this. I have an audience already. We're going to syndicate it. Same, same shebang. I was like, hey, we're going to syndicate this. And, you know, I'd love for you to share the cookbook, get the cookbook into more people's hands. And my audience is very unique. So I would love for you to come on my show and share your cookbook stories. She's yeah. like, I would love to. Yes. <laughs> done. Done and done. So yeah. so you're saying in terms of branding, it's important to get the message out in various channels, various forms. Do you need a team then? Like that's a lot of work to have a podcast to put show notes. For someone who's just like, oh my God, like that's just the editing that goes. So would you suggest to go and hire out that help and get that help in? Absolutely. So well it depends. If you don't have the money, you have time. But if you have money, you don't have to use your own time. It's mm -hmm. one or the other. You can't have both. You can't have, you know, you can't do it on your own. It's just hard. You, you either have money or time. Mm -hmm. uh, if you don't have the money, you have to sacrifice your time. Uh, the cool thing is in today's world, there's so many sites out there uh, that, you know, Upwork, Fiverr, you can find people to do this stuff. So mm -hmm. cheap. you can have a personal assistant, a virtual assistant for three bucks an hour. Yeah, yeah. I rent out a podcast studio. It's an hour away from here, but it looks great. Uh, it's $25 an hour. I knock out two episodes in one hour. Sometimes, sometimes I take a little bit longer, but 25 bucks a show. And I pay other people to do the content. And then my co-host does all the other stuff. Mm, mm. I focus on what I'm good at. That's what you should focus on is 
what you're good at. If you're just great interviewer, you're just a fantastic interviewer, and you stink at everything else. You hate microphones, you hate plugging things on your computer, you hate you hate all that. that that's just the worst. Hmm. Don't do it. Hmm. I mean, it might be worth the 50 bucks a month for you not to do that. And then you have time because it's going to take time to find other guests, to approach them correctly, to make that Dream 100 list. It's going to take time. But if you're the one plugging in the microphone, writing out the show notes, you don't have time. So then your show falls behind. You don't have momentum because you're always behind. You're always trying to catch up. It's hard. But if you have 50 bucks or 100 bucks a month where you don't mind doing it, great. Do that. Super. No, and, and I totally agree with you because I, and I also believe that whether you are working for yourself or for someone else, the digital resume that you and I and everybody else has is on social. And so keeping that updated and keeping that fresh and keeping it in line with what your strengths are and then hiring out what you, what you don't want to do is preparing you, staying prepared for that next opportunity, whether it's for corporate or outside of corporate. Exactly. And you can even bring on co-hosts if, mm. if Bring on guests. If, you, if your thing is just, I love interviewing people, and you have a Dream 100 list, you can say, hey, I'll bring on these world-class guests. And you find someone with a skill who loves the microphones and the show notes. They get to be a part of those interviews with you. Mm. They get to ask questions. They get to be a part of the show. They're a part of your journey. Mm. And you don't have to pay them anything. And they get to learn. You get to learn. It's so much better. We live in a great world. Yeah, truly, 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 truly. So I, I want to just wrap this up. But before I do, Haris, I want to just give you an opportunity. Is there anywhere that um, people who are listening can go and find out more about what you do, say about your social media agency or any place that they can go and look you up? Yeah, so I'm actually transitioning from being kind of a ghost in business to actually building my own brand because I've been doing it for so many people for so long. I was like, why don't I do it for myself once? Uh, so I'm on Instagram all day now. Uh, that's kind of my place. Uh, if people want to reach out, I'm answer. I always answer DMS. Um, it's just Harris H A R I S underscore Reese R E I S. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll be happy to connect there. They'll get fun business advice from time to time. Yeah. Yeah. So guys, so if anything, any questions, you've got anything that you want to follow up on this interview, please go ahead and contact us, follow him on Instagram so that um, you can actually see what he does behind the scenes, because it's one thing talking about it, but seeing an action, especially on a platform like Instagram, you can really do so with things like stories, um, really yeah. hidden insights. Great. And that's where actually where I hire from too, social media. I'm oh, actually just, uh, yeah, I'm actually looking for a full-time employee for uh, the consulting company. Ah, well, if anyone's listening, there you go. How <laughs> I just want to say thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Thank you for sharing the story that has been a, a very um, fruitful and an adventurous experience that you've had with all the people that, of the companies and Gary Vee and, and it's still unfolding. So thank you so much for sharing that journey with us on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me on. I hope I brought a lot of value to your audience. Thank you. Thank you. You very much did so. Thank you. Guys, thank you so much for listening and we will be with you very shortly on the very next episode.